Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Buzzer, buzzer, buzzer. Where's your cake? Where's your cake? Where's your cake? Ah, uh, do you know what? I've been thinking long and hard about how to explain BCP with cake and I've got a doozy for you today. Great. <laughs> cool, okay. Well, I, I I don't know about you, but I think we should keep this. Uh, let's let's even though we're going for a zombie apocalypse, apocalypse, one of them, a one of them, apocalypse. That's a different radio show. <laughs> let's keep the whole death thing on the on the down low. Zoe, <laughs> <laughs> we saying? Let's uh, let's try to keep it upbeat, shall we? Yeah, talking about cocklips will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you need a teleprompter, Martin? Yes, please. Yes, please. Welcome to the ITAM Review radio show for March 2020. We're recording this on Friday, 20, 27th of March 2020. And um, casting my mind back to the last recording, we were doing Travel X and a few other bits and pieces. And my goodness, how the world has changed in the last month. Um, I hope everyone is safe and well. Welcome, everyone. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Hello. 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 How are we doing? Hello. I'm going to Brett first. I think you were the first one to dial in, Brett. So, can we pick on you first? Oh. What have you? How has your well, world changed? Well, um, so here in the U.S. Uh, and in particularly in Oklahoma and in the finance industry where I work, um, things have gone a little nuts, right? Um, but um, I think it was about a week ago. A little over uh there was a mandatory work from home issue so uh the uh, the company said hey everybody that can you need to work from home um so we're working from home they shut down the schools so my all six of my wonderful children are also at home um with the three dogs and the wife and the chickens and all the other things that are going on and brett's little menagerie so um i, I built a new office um and uh kind of took over one of the bedrooms in the house and i'm just kind of and working away every day. And we noticed that you've um, put Rory's poster up. You're a bit of a you know, Rory, Rory fanboy, aren't you? You know, I had one at work. Uh, he mailed me one. Um, actually, he mailed me three. So you know, I think he was just trying to get him, you know, somebody <laughs> hang him up. Please. So um, I, I brought one home with me when I when I left work. I said, you know what, I'm going to bring this home. Make it feel make it feel right. And hung it up. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it just feels right. Was the calendar from Rory as well? That wasn't my office. That's <laughs> Rory's. Rory's. <laughs> so, Brett, if you don't mind me asking, how everyone worked from home? Was your was your business ready for this? Was everyone on laptops anyway? Yeah, no, to be honest, I mean, the majority of the business was, and I will say that uh, our folks that are responsible for this kind of stuff are, are, are end user support groups. Um, really stepped up their game and i mean they deployed hundreds of laptops to specific individuals and groups um within just a couple of days right and just had them up and raring to go ready getting folks prepared from a technology perspective to work from home um so and i, and I don't think all companies are you know we're necessarily prepared for something like this right um you know who who really is you know so with that being said um 
our company did well, right? It responded quickly and easily. Um, being in the finance industry, we are one of the quote unquote essential um, essential businesses, right? There is no shutting this down. You cannot shut down a financial institution or a bank. People need access to their money. So there are certain aspects of the business that have changed. There's still areas within the business that are open, you know, on a daily basis. Um, though interaction, physical interaction is being limited uh, across, you know, every business, across every industry. So it's definitely different, but um, we really haven't seen a, at least I haven't from my perspective, an impact technologically. I will say that tools are acting differently. Um, for instance, Zoom, this uh, for the, this very this very radio show t- talk was not acting appropriately for me. Um, I know that some of my discovery systems are lagging, being that everyone's over VPN now. I've noticed that Rep- so, Rory's, Rory's just joined late and. Um... It's, it's a shame, Rory, because you had your moment in the sun. We were discussing your poster, but the, the moment's passed now. <laughs> hey, we can always swing it back. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, let's swing it back a little. Um, so what, what's, uh, what's, uh, is it business as usual for you then, Brett? Is it back to normal usual for, item stuff or what, what's on your desk? It, you know, it's back to nor- normal usual item stuff. Um, we're being asked to assist other areas a little bit more right uh just from the 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 strain that's put on it overall uh engaging with end users just from an end user perspective hey we know you just got a laptop is everything working correctly right reaching out to individuals in that way just to assist uh opening tickets redirecting tickets things like that but uh, for the most part it's been regional exam cool okay and stuart welcome back to the podcast i know you've been masquerading as a itam professional and doing a proper job but you're back with us now have i oh so yes i have yes i'd, um, love, I'd love to get your view because presumably I, I imagine people are clambering over themselves trying to order laptops i'd love to get the the reseller partner view on what's been going on and how you're coping um yeah i mean i think it's um it's funny i was um made acquaintance with the citrix account manager of recent times and she shared a post on linkedin where um where they were testing their BCP process before this had happened. And um, and they realized that whilst everyone had laptops, everyone left them at work. Right. So they realized that that was a thing that people hadn't considered in terms of testing the process. Because if everyone's at home and have the ability to uh, log in remotely, but the device that they can do that with is at work, then that kind of negates the whole um, benefit of BCP uh in its in itself so yeah i mean there's been a lot of um a lot of projects that have been put on hold we've, we've had sam rfps um um kind of been put on hold we've had stuff that is is like you know where we're, we're talking to people about storage solutions and this is not from an item perspective necessarily from a just a general software requirements perspective um that are, are kind of saying well i've got storage and it works I could buy slightly better, more efficient storage, but at the moment I'm not going to because I've got other other priorities. So I think it's um, a lot of customers are stepping up their working from home um, ability through the likes of um, Cisco, um, Citrix, VMware. Um, I think what we're seeing is is a lot of of the big vendors trying not to profit here on this situation and that's why i think you're seeing a lot of them 
giving stuff away. Yeah. Like this, uh, WebEx and Zoom and Teams and um, I would guess um, I'm hearing, yeah, I'm hearing more and more um, packages of free stuff will, will be made available in, in the coming weeks from talking to some of the storage vendors, some of the security vendors and data protection and, and migrating workloads. Obviously, we've had the recent customer direction that you can't increase any Azure um, workloads or or services. Certainly, I think there's some uh, capacity issues and some prioritization issues in terms of who who gets first dibs. Um, so I think that was also making people review how they manage BCP in, in that way. I think if everyone has gone down a single cloud decision, then that, that might be bringing that into some sort of focus. Yeah, and, and in terms of the actual end user devices, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, can't get them for love nor money, really. Um, we're doing, I think, quite a quite a trade in in the remarketing of older devices, but I think we're selling them by the pallet now. Um, there's not loads of them about, and literally, if you want them, you have to basically create the requirement, raise the PO, and get that kind of two us and, and I guess similar of us what, almost within the same day what's that going to be mean from a licensing point of view because you, you you would presumably those la- those laptops have already got operating system on them and stuff have they yeah yeah um oh no actually sorry no they haven't no a lot of the remarketing ones don't have an operating system on there so yeah that's um the customer has to put their build on it which yeah which increases their footprint presumably yeah right yeah so um yeah, so I, I'm aware of what's happening from a hardware perspective, but um, yeah, I, I tend not to get involved directly in, in that kind of thing, being software guy. Finally, though, Ham's so, getting some limelight. Yeah, well, this is why we invited you on, David, see? <laughs> but you mentioned, though, Stuart, about um, increasing cloud consumption and licenses for OSs, etc. The other thing as well that a lot of people um, have been asking me about is, what about our actual SAM tools? Because we're going to be inventorying more um, assets, does that mean we're going to have to buy more licenses for the likes of Snow and ServiceNow and Flexera and stuff? Is that something that people might not be taking into account? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I think um, I think a lot of people are just um, at the point of just making things work operationally. Um, I think there will be a lot of um, a lot of mopping up to be done with the other side in terms of, I mean, we, we, we're getting people that are buying more RDS cows, for example, as well as Citrix um, licenses around their virtual apps and um, and uh, and the Workspace One products at, at VMware and things like that on the horizon. They're just trying to do what they can to make people able to work. You know, we're, we're having people uh, from, a, from an IT perspective that are, are saying things like, you know, Oh yeah, we'll we'll get that sorted for you. They go, all right. Can I have it tomorrow? Or no? Because I think one of the, the challenges of BCP is that you know you, you, there are some solutions that you can stand up quite quickly, but but effectively you're you're, you're asking um, your infrastructure to deliver more quickly to more people in, in not the traditional way it's been do- doing it. So where people are buying. You know, a thousand odd licenses for from Citrix to allow more people to access the um, 
the applications they need to access, they're having the problem at the back, back end from networking side of things. So, and that load balancing side where actually the network can't cope with the amount of demand coming in. Right. So there's a whole host of stuff, which I think they're just trying to, trying to get it operational so people can continue to be productive. And then, and then there'll be a whole host of, of determining what, what the impact of what they've done and how quickly they've had to do it is going to be on the on the other side. And David, can I come to you? What have you been up to, and how has your world changed? So, from a ham point of view, it's been unprecedented in terms of the demand for things, and even having to do um, new processes and activities that I, I never even it wasn't even on my radar ever. So, I mean. Um, within the UK as well, we did have um, the IR35 legislation coming in um, at the beginning of April, um, and one of my <clears throat> excuse me, one of my clients is still abiding by the um, rulings that they'd previously made. So, loader contractors are still leaving uh, this week and next week, and so there were plans on how on earth are we going to get all of these uh, laptops, headsets, docking stations, monitors that we'd loaned out, um, etc., back to, back to the company. Um, and how are we going to do that, especially with the lockdown side of things? Are we going to make them by packaging? Who's going to wipe it with anti-back wipes? I mean, it's just so I've never been asked what the process is for wiping an asset with antibacterial wipes before. Um, so that's been a new one. And just the, the mad rush in trying to understand, okay, how many people do need laptops? How many have we got in stock around the world? If we can't source them, what's plan B? BYOD. We've got um, Amazon S3 so people can basically remote um, into their instance anywhere in the world on any device which is really good and that stood up really well but then we've had people saying oh my laptop's not fit for purpose um i've got a laptop but the screen's too small can i get a monitor and it's just physical floor walks trying to see what monitors we can get that don't have arms that have actual stands on them um getting a process in place so that it's been covered by the loans process but getting kind of like an emergency process in place whereby we are literally distributing two three hundred four hundred odd monitors that have gone from um, desk locations to end users um, and we brought a load of really rubbish um, we've called them dumb laptops if you like and some Chromebooks um, just to meet the demand and so people can remote in um, onto their S3 instance and work as normal. So how, how, uh, so, how are you physically getting this stuff to people? So this, uh, so when um, the, the way the company did it is before things got really bad with the lockdown, uh, we did we initiated split working. So uh, we were divided up into teams. So we had to make sure that everyone on um, team A, for example, um, they brought in all their um, existing assets that they had for us, connected them to the network, got all the updated patches. If they didn't have what they needed, then they needed to let us know so we could, for, you know, give them stock or try and get some stuff in. Um, and we did that a few weeks in advance of the actual okay no everyone's got to work from home now so we were quite fortunate in that respect that we were quite early and so people were just coming into the office um and taking them home and some of the assets that we bought haven't been through your normal um reseller routes or, or um through your normal companies they've been you know in shops or whatever that we've been able to find them in um, and some of the actual laptops aren't going to be managed from a hand perspective because we're going to donate them to charity at the end of this um, epidemic or we're going to um just you know, write them off um, as being not fit for purpose. But now that that's the massive challenge for us is how are we going to ship out stuff to people that didn't make it in um, and can't come in? Um, and we've got courier services lined up in different um, parts of the world. Americas have got um, have got a, a courier service in agreement with. We've got budget for same with APAC. Uh, it's just the UK at the moment that we're trying to 
get some sort of um, service in place so that we can distribute um, kit where needed. But at the moment, everyone's getting by. Um, a lot of people are working fine. Some people are just getting by, and they're the people that we're really trying to focus on getting monitors out to or um, you know, a better laptop with a bigger screen or, or whatever the case may be. But the, the biggest thing for me is how on earth are we going to get all these laptops back from people that are leaving whilst they're home working? I'd be amazed to see what the um, work at home level is going to be like when all of this calms down. Because, you know, some people are going to be awakened to this working at home business, aren't they? Especially, I mean, in the, in the UK, we've had the most glorious weather this week. And it's, yeah. it's perfect work at home weather, isn't it? Just um, sorry, Martin, on the um, getting kit back from assets, one of the things we have implemented um, and added into our service now, an asset management database, is that when people are able, especially in the UK, able to post their um, equipment back, is that they send their proof of postage to us, um, to our ham team, so that we can then update um, our asset management database to say, look, here's the attachment to show that the lever has posted their assets back. Um, and you know, we basically we'll get it whenever we get it, whenever the post brings it in. Right. So that's just kind of a little tweak to the process we've done, so that we can keep tracking who has returned it and who hasn't. Um, so we do have some sort of parameters in place. But yeah, you're right. Homework is going to be huge after this, I think. Nice, um, Danny. Can I come to you? How's your? I don't know how much you're allowed to share, but how's your world changed? What have you been up to? Actually, I'm going to share quite a fair bit. Um, to be honest, uh, I'm. Gonna actually give a big shout out to our company. Um, I've been absolutely amazed with the response that um, our company has done over the past few weeks. So we've actually been home working more or less as the whole organization for about three weeks now. So I haven't been in the office for two and a half weeks. Um, they saw that this was coming and I've put in a whole load of things in place. So first of all, they split up the whole organization into four colors um, with each color being sent home to work from home for a two week period to return after two weeks to work in the office for two weeks and, and did it on a rotation basis like that. Um, and they sent basically around about a third of the organization to half the organization home more or less two and a half weeks ago. Uh, from that point, they've basically been uh, working very hard in the background to ensure that they have capacity to have the whole organization working from home. So when it was announced that we would all be working from home, uh, when the PM announced it last week, um, basically, uh, they just sent out an email to everyone saying, right, don't bother coming into work. You all now have the ability to work from home. Go ahead and use it. And and that's that's worked surprisingly well. Um, I actually think we've actually had more problems with things like BT and conference calls and stuff like that than we have with everything else because those networks are, are looking a little bit stretched at the moment. But otherwise, working from home has been... Uh, has been very good. So anyone that uses a laptop at home uh, or has a corporate machine is to use that and only open up the VPN. Everyone else is to use like a virtual desktop. Uh, if they've got a virtual desktop, if they've got their home, own machine at home, then they're using those virtual desktops uh, from there. If not, the company is buying laptops and having the laptop uh, shipped directly to the user and using it as a BYOD device. Right. So... Um, so it'll come with you know Windows 10 on it, and then they'll just go to a VDI um, based upon that uh, as a as an interim solution. Uh, those laptops are then to come back, and they will eventually get rebuilt with the company's uh, own build. But that's once this crisis is over. So they've just decided, well, actually, why why worry about rebuilding it? Why not just get it out there? So we've got its license on it, and then go through a, a VDI from that point. So it, it's 
it's been extremely good um, in the way that our company has resolved it. In fact, a little bit to what you were saying there, Martin, in relation to how this is going to affect people going forward, our company has already been making some noise to everyone within the organization that they're prepared to actually continue this on. Right. Um, It gives them the ability to close down some offices, you know, consolidate some of the workspace and maybe, you know, get a better ratio. You know, like a lot of people are, you know, an organization might have 100 desks, but 120 employees because they expect 20 of them to be working from home. Um, we, we've been moving towards that model, uh, but it's been accelerated. Uh, now we're actually looking at a, a probably a better ratio where you've probably got, you know, maybe 60% of the desks that we need for the amount of people because we expect more people to be working from home. And that, so that's working very well for us um, in there. And, and in fact, one other thing that's been a real benefit, uh, and <laughs> you could say, you know, a bit of a silver lining to, to what's been happening is our change now is going through much faster than what it was before. Uh, before we used to have a two-week to four-week cycle. Now we're doing changes uh, every day and every week um, to, to the organization. Uh, just, just to be able to meet all of these separate changing requirements. But it has meant that our, our rollouts of new desktops, new laptops, new um, stuff has been accelerated. The money that we were supposed to spend next year or the year after has just been brought forward to say, well, okay, fine, we'll go and buy all these laptops now. We'll go and start all of these uh, programs about going into the cloud and doing this. Well, we've accelerated a lot of the things that we thought we were going to stage gate. So. Cool. Jeff? Well, for me, I mean, I work from home a lot of the time, generally anyway, or I, or I travel, so one extreme to the other. So I've now got the work from home extreme. <clears throat> and, and I think somebody already mentioned that the strain on the video conferencing services has probably been the obvious uh, pitfall. In some cases, Zoom seems to be, well, there's several that we use across the clients. Um, uh, seem to be stretching capacity in some cases, but I think that's just a case of um, I mean, one of the things we tried to implement was moving the start and finish times of the meetings instead of the top of the hour, uh, trying to move it to quarter past or quarter two, which certainly seems to have helped. Um, and a lot of the companies, so I've got offices based in Madrid at the moment, and they're all locked down, they're not even allowed to go out of their houses. So um, um, and in a lot of cases, I think the biggest challenge for everyone is staying mentally fit as well, because, you know, you can quite easily go out and have a chat with someone. And at the moment, we're all stuck inside. Um, I've started to do some regular phone calls with people with actually do video as well, um, just to actually see some people for a change rather than just icons. Um, so yeah, I think overall, I think everyone's adapted remarkably well. And I think as Danny said, a lot of people will look in the few, when it's all over, will actually look to see if they actually need all this office space. Um, because historically, I think most people look to home working as, well, you know, you can do it if you haven't got much work to do, but if you've got a full day to do, then um, we'll see how it goes. But actually I think people tend to work uh, harder when they're at home to justify that they are working from home. So it'd be interesting to see um, what happens at the end of all this. 
but I think there's going to be, I think personally, there'll be some quite considerably considerable changes to work approaches and methods. It's, it's interesting what you say about video because because we uh, we as in the iTown Review try to do that as default um, to have video on, and it's really good from a just getting the feel for body language and how people are doing it and stuff. I don't, and I don't mean during the crisis. I mean all the time. Yeah. Um, great for, for for the for the team, and uh, it does catch people unawares when you start doing it and they're not used to doing it because they've still got bed hair or something. Um, but generally, it's, it works really well. I think we got it. We borrowed it from ServiceNow, who also have internally they have video as as default. I think a lot, a lot of companies are going that way, especially as you're work, working remotely. So it really adds to the the connection and the sort of dynamics of the call, basically. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think for some people it's good. I mean, my son's now at home and his school managed remarkably well. They used. Um, some technologies to allow the remote classrooms. Um, but in the smaller, we don't have fantastically fast internet where we are. So um, with him on conference calls all day, me on conference calls all day, there was definitely lag appearing at various times during the day. Um, but I think everyone's adapted remarkably well. Um, and it just goes to show that in a crisis, people can find innovation, innovative solutions to things and keep things going, uh, particularly in the IT industry. Yes, it's. Um, I think there's been some element of just get it working, we'll sort it out later. Um, but um, I, I think it's been really good, actually. And I think there are certain things that I want to do next week, like making sure the video is on on all calls, um, not just some, uh, making sure you get out while you can, uh, taking a break a little bit more, that sort of stuff as well. And I think someone else suggested that, um, you know, trying to do some e-learning or something away from um, just work all the time. Do you want to expand on that? What do you mean by e-learning? I think David mentioned this as well. Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, I won't steal Dave's thunder, but, um, you know, for me, uh, as I say, I'm stuck at home, most of not stuck at home. I work from home a lot anyway. So I try and find other things to do that are not just work related because it's very easy to, uh, if you've got a home office, you go from home office to the kitchen and sit down in front of the TV in the evening and you don't really get any break. So I'm trying to take half an hour at the end of the day, sort of 5.30, 6 o'clock-ish, and just try and do something else that's not IT related or work related. And it might be... Um, do some self-study or something else rather than just do software asset management all day and then go straight into the family environment. Yeah. Or for the geeks, <laughs> um, it is actually the perfect time. I mean, I, I think I said this um, in our WhatsApp group and I've been saying this to people online as well as, you know, to me, some people, like you said, are not used to working from home, right? It's a big culture change for them. Some people react to it brilliantly and they're absolutely fine. Other people who like that office environment, that office interaction, um, it could hinder the mental health side of things, which is why I think having that kind of home working routine and like you said, breaking up with some e-learning, there's loads of ITAM and SAM related webinars that are on at the moment. There's loads of free online training, even for things like Azure and AWS, if you wanna expand your knowledge into the cloud side of things. There's the uh, PITAM stuff from the ITAM review. So it's more about trying to make it um, 
I mean, the situation sucks, right? But it's about turning it into a bit of a positive um, and really kind of broadening your horizons, learning more, uh, maybe even doing some more networking on LinkedIn just to try and break up that monotony of just sitting at your desk every day and not leaving your house. And, um, you know, I'm sure everyone on this call will, will agree that if anyone's, you know, struggling, you can reach out to us on LinkedIn. Yeah. Or if you really do want that human interaction, you know, anytime, day or night, then Danny Begg's number is 079. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, cut out. I hope you got the number, okay? Uh, mate, I'd be quite happy with that. I'm, I'm always happy to help anyone. Mainly at 2.30 in the morning. Um, but no, seriously, like yeah, <laughs> I'm sure if anyone wants to, um, if anyone's struggling or just wants to bounce ideas off or understand what kind of courses are out there, you know, all of us are here um, here to help. I think that's a really good point that everyone, I mean, we, I've just made some time with another WhatsApp group that I'm in. We had a video call last night, a virtual alcohol-free beer in my case, but they certainly weren't on alcohol-free drinks. And it was just nice to have a, like a pub style chat using it. that was really good um and so i'm going to try and make that a regular thing for the next few weeks probably and then see how it goes after that just slightly off topic do you see on youtube that bloke who created a facebook group and um, for his local he was a landlord of a pub and because the pub shut he did them um, wanted to do a virtual pub quiz so he created it on facebook just for his locals and he ended up having over ninety thousand people on YouTube and Facebook doing his pub <laughs> quiz last night. That must have taken it some time to mark. We were, we did it as well. It was really good. It was just a bloke with a webcam, um, a landlord of a pub with a webcam. And yeah, he had over 90,000 people on YouTube and 90,000 people on Facebook. And you just played along with it. And it was, it was quite good. Uh, it's quality. We could do it. Maybe we could do a virtual version of Rich's um, pub quiz that he does at the gala dinner. Ah, oh, yeah. That'll work, yeah. Item for the quiz. Maybe just do a virtual version of the dinner. Yes. Yeah. Black tie. Black tie only. Yeah. Everyone on webcam just sitting there eating their dinner in front of the webcam in a black tie. Why not? Let's do it. Bermuda shorts on underneath. Yeah. <laughs> Top half only. When, when you're giving out the awards, about, I'm sorry I couldn't be there tonight, and then someone just passes the trophy in from the side of the screen. Why not? So, so Barry, how's your how's your world changed? Are you is it business as usual for you, or how how things? Um, to be fair, largely, yeah, nothing, nothing major has changed. I'm in the same situation as Jeff. I mean, obviously, I do do a fair bit of business travel going to see clients from time to time, um, particularly two that I'm working with at the moment. So I do do a fair bit of travel. And, and obviously, it's now restricted to working from home. Um, the interesting things for me, I mean, we've already picked up on WhatsApp chats. One, one of the clients that, uh, that I've been working with who, who has quite a large ITAM team, have set up a team WhatsApp chat. And that's actually really good because they've got the banter going and there's no restriction on it. People are chatting away, bantering, putting GIFs in their memes and whatever, because it's there to simulate the the uh, office environment so people naturally chatting with each other and having a bit of banter between desks and so on and so forth. Because let's be honest, when you're in an office, nobody ever sits there in complete silence. Um, and, I, and I think that's really good because for the mental well-being and the mental health, I mean, now is a very challenging time, as we've already discussed. And, and actually having those outlets where you can continue to chat to your teammates without necessarily having to rely on your office technology, I think is is really, really important. Um, and the other other big thing I've noticed as well, obviously, is is the business continuity planning. Um, uh, you know, a, a, one client has had um, lots and lots of problems with their VPN. Um, mainly because it was never designed to have its entire workforce all trying to connect in remotely at the same time. But then, you know, why would it be? Because generally, 
as a general rule, business continuity planning takes in the failure of maybe one site or something like that. Um, it's very rare that you're going to be in a scenario where you have, you know, 50,000 plus people all being told to work from home at the same time. Yeah. So that, that that's presented its own challenges. Um, this really is for, a once in a lifetime thing, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. absolutely. I, I doubt we'll ever see the like again until we actually do get the zombie apocalypse. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because obviously it then engenders in you, as, as Jeff touched upon, new habits, new ways of working. And, and, you know, that particular client that's had a few problems with his VPN, you know, I've just been getting all my work offline, maybe connecting in once or twice a day, getting everything I need offline, disconnecting, and then just working offline for the rest of the day. Um, because fortunately, I'm in a position where I don't need to be connected into the network permanently to be able to, to deliver on the stuff that I'm delivering. Cool. And Rory, could I come to you? Are you um, at home with the calendar and the cats? Um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I vary. Uh, right now, the, the work I do is on site for a client. Um, and uh, it's actually with with Barry in part. So um, we've been told to work from home if we can work from home, which we've done. Um, so, you know, working from home for myself is is not unusual. Um, the, the biggest change or culture shock to me is that Costa have issued a profits warning. Um, because I, I do a lot of my work from from the uh, the coffee store. So typically, Other if I coffee shops are available, though. Well, yes, they are, but I'm a creature Not of habit, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, get the blinkers on and and hunker oh, down. Yeah. And... I've got to be honest. I thought you were a prep man. I by yes by choice, but because I of where we live, Pret haven't ventured this far north. I have to go to Liverpool if I want to go to Pret. Yeah, they haven't gone north of the wall yet. <clears throat> so uh, yeah. So, um, but by and large, no, it's it, it just, I think the, the culture shock for anybody who's not done this before would be that you have to be a bit more structured about your day. Um, whereas it, what I find if I go into an office is that the, the general maelstrom swerve of what goes on sort of drives and propels what you do on a day-to-day basis. If you're sat down at home and you have to do it for yourself, then you've got to think about what you're, what you're, what it is you're doing a bit more. So, um, yeah, it just reinforces the points that the other guys were make, saying. So if you do want to dedicate time to extracurricular training or extracurricular activities just to take yourself away from the laptop uh, and stop becoming a, a sort of, you know, a laptop zombie, as it were, then um, you have to be a bit more organised about these things. Uh, and AJ, could we come to you? How's your world changed? And maybe you could share some of your experience because you're full-time work at home now, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have been for getting on for two years now. So, um, and a bit before that as well. Um, so, not much has changed really. I'm still staring at the same screen in the same place in the same wall, and um, it's a bit quieter outside. I can hear the birds singing, which is nice. Um, my son's been home from school almost two weeks now, so we've already be, we're already well into that routine of homeschooling and um, and scheduling stuff. And what what what's, we found has worked very well for us is scheduling sort of 90 minute slots and that's actually ended up making me probably a bit more productive knowing you've got 90 minutes to get through a piece of work and then you're going to take 10 minutes half an hour or so for some family time and then back to work and yes yeah, so it's a bit, bit more process i mean quite a change in terms of what i was expecting is from from the last radio show i was going to be in chicago in person for um a xylo event and then down to florida for for our um conference that all changed rather rapidly uh fortunately just in time because there was a a moment in time where we could have been potentially in the air going to Florida 
if we'd carried if we'd continued and then uh, quarantined on arrival and maybe not getting back. So um, that was interesting. I mean, uh, the two other things I've been talking to vendors and suppliers a lot recently. Um, uh, SaaS vendors are pretty worried. Um, you know, the stock market has crashed, which is going to have an impact on funding for a lot of them. So if, you, if you're buying SaaS services, um, check out who they are. Um, have a conversation about it. No, no, no. How well are they funded? Um, what's what's their pipeline looking like, and so on. And just um, because basically nobody's buying anything unless, unless it's essential and solving the immediate problem in hand. Nothing's being bought by anyone at the moment. I mean, the sales have just gone to zero. Um, on the other side of things, I'm um, talking to I've had um, so. Uh, asset disposition um, companies yes they're seeing I think um, I forget who said earlier about refurb laptops it, it, it was Stuart so um, yeah free, uh, refurb laptops refurb kit going out the door a lot of Chromebooks being um, thrown into thrown into service because they're very very cheap and easy to configure yeah and starting to use technology for um, for my son's school as well everyone's on Zoom Zoom is now the kind of it's almost like the generic word for video conferencing, isn't it? It's come from nowhere in, in about two or three weeks to being everyone knows what it is. My mum. Once you invest in the right company. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Yes. Make sure you look at the ticker and make sure you're you're investing in the right one on the Dow. Um, <laughs> like jargon buster. <laughs> jargon buster. BCP via the medium of cake. Is that me then? Go on then, Barry. Yeah, you volunteered. Come on, Barry. I did. I, I I did notice AJ's reticence on the last podcast and wishing that I was actually on it. So thank you for that backhanded compliment, AJ. Because I actually think you did a really good job on the last. Is podcast. it a bit? Um, is it a bit insensitive to mention cake, seeing as um, obviously no one can buy flour at the moment? Uh, you, you just need to go gluten free. There's loads of weird flour out there for people who don't. Oh, I love that. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, uh, ten kilos. Ten kilos just arrived from Dove's Farm. Uh, the other gluten free providers are available um, downstairs. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> gluten free cake is delicious. Mm. There's no reason to knock it. It's good yeah. stuff. Especially when you add the gluten back in. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, then, Barry. Okay. Okay, so I mean, obviously BCP is business continuity planning, as I'm sure most of us are familiar with, particularly at the moment. Um, I'm sure there's a whole raft of professional people normally working offices are finding out exactly what BCP means at the moment. So B B BCP is the, the process uh, by which you plan for um, situations like we're currently experiencing, the coronavirus pandemic or the, the zombie apocalypse or anything which would mean... Um, employees at your organization having to work from home uh site failure electrical failures could be almost anything um and obviously it's the process by which you actually can ensure that people have the capability to continue their work uh, outside of their normal working environment so whether that means ramping up um you know delivery of, of additional laptops whether that means using clouds uh and, and SaaS subscriptions to enable um, people to carry on with the work and obviously video conferencing to, to replace face-to-face -face meeting uh, and so on and so forth. So it's, it's a whole collection of processes around enabling this to happen. In terms of cake, um, so I, I, I actually thought about this when I first saw it come up on the agenda, how to explain this with cake, and then, then I had a flash of inspiration 
and it actually ties into the coronavirus pandemic as well because you consider at the moment most non-essential shops have been forced into closure so let's say for the sake of argument that you know rory's costa local costa is has been forced into closure because rory's not actually going there anymore but they might still be offering a takeaway service um so you could then go into that coffee shop where you might normally have that shop uh, and sit in that shop and have your coffee and cake in their premises uh, instead, actually, your BCP is the set of processes that enable you to go to that shop, take the cake away, transport it back to your own home office, and then actually sit at home and eat that slice of cake instead. Um, and obviously, you need to be able to eat the cake in exactly the same way as you would eat it in the office. So, in, so you need to have your plates, you need to have your own coffee available, um, and, and that is how you enable uh, BCP through cake. It, Barry, are you saying that you can have your cake and eat it? I am saying exactly that, Rory. Oh but I, I wasn't. God. I wasn't going to use those exact words because I'm not that cheesy. Someone's been cooped up too long. <laughs> <laughs> you Which, can always have your cake and eat it, but you can't eat your cake and then have it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so on on that slightly cryptic note. Job of the week. I I don't want to focus on the particular job this time. I I just want to focus on this type of job and have a bit of discussion about it and get your feedback. So there's a job that's come up for the AA, uh, asset manager or software asset manager at the AA. And at the AA, we can put the link in the show notes, but at the AA is, for, for those outside the UK, is roadside assistance company. Um, and it's one of these jobs that's popped up again and again and again, and they seem to be hiring people, but then those people are not sticking and what I guess what advice would you give to that company I mean what's happening there do you think it's almost like a poison chalice isn't it I think this is down to SAM strategy or not understanding what the SAM function is required to deliver to the business so are they not hiring the right people or are they just not getting it what do you think is happening I don't think they're getting it to start with and maybe that's a communications thing or a strategy thing. But I think the if they've got a strategic direction for IT and a strategic direction for the business, then the SAM team should be allowed to align to that, to assist in the, um, the delivery of those objectives. And that way people could start to see the benefit of SAM in an organization. Perhaps they are only there to count licenses. So, Jeff, are you basically saying that they're putting um, diesel in a petrol engine? I Yes, and therefore they probably need their own breakdown recovery services. <laughs> Come on, that was good, guys. Come on. <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah, I would agree with Jeff on that. Um, you know, it's unlikely that every SAM professional or ITAM professional that a company brings in is, is, is for one reason or another, the failure if in if you're unable to get an ITAM program up and running, right? So if you have you've brought in one, two, three different professionals, and every time for some reason that professional just doesn't seem to work out, they don't stick, they leave, or you get rid of them, maybe the problem isn't the ITAM professional, right? Maybe it's the organization's understanding of the, the of what it is ITAM is, what it is they want from ITAM, the executive buy-in, the culture, the organizational change required with ITAM um with implementing a new program um those sorts of things so if you're repeatedly finding yourself replacing itam folks right for whatever reason it's probably not the itam person or people that are the problem it's probably you or your organization and 
the company needs to be looking inside or looking from that perspective um, to, to understand why why this 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 role or these roles um, repeatedly fail, right? It, it's very unlikely that 15 people or five people or three people um, are the weak link here, right? One of these things is not like the other. There's one constant and, and it's probably not the ITAM person or people. That's my take. All right. I agree. You know, there's no sponsor. It doesn't sound like that actually understands it or they just don't get it all together. You know, they want to buy what they need is a Harley Davidson live wire and what they're buying is a double decker bus. Yeah. So, so just to finish today, I'd just love to get your opinions on what the world will look like from an ITAM perspective, maybe the rest of 2020. So my view, if I kick things off, my view is I think we are going to see a shift when you know once the dust settles on the pandemic and hopefully everyone is safe um once the dust settles we're going to get see a focus on purely on cost reduction and all the business plans of itam will will just purely focus on how can we cut costs to help the business do you agree with that disagree with that what do you think is going to happen from now on in yeah i think i think that's that's a fair assessment mine i do think um as we've discussed in our own whatsapp chat groups as well i think there's going to be an upswing in audits from software vendors once the dust settled on this pandemic because obviously as as uh, uh somebody said earlier there's a, an awful lot of just let's just fix the problem uh let's just adapt the software or do what we need to do to make sure everyone's actually able to continue working and then we'll deal with the uh the recriminations afterwards so then potentially there will be some software vendors looking to actually try and make some money out of it and and uh, we'll see an upsurge in, in audits, uh, particularly amongst the second tier ones as well, I think, uh, the ones that can be uh, a little bit more sneaky and prevalent at the moment. Um, and off the back of that, I think that's where some of those cost reductions are going to come in as well. I think it's also a, an element, a case to be made. If we do start seeing people working from home more, then that's going to change ITAM processes to a significant degree because I think you're going to go from... You know, being having having a fairly, particularly in the hardware space, having a fairly central pool of of hardware, um, you know, with a lot of people gathered in a, in a small place, it makes it easier to to manage. To all of a sudden having everyone working from home, and whether you need to maintain, you know, thin clients, whether you need to maintain um, a pool of laptops for people to take out, and and so on and so forth. And I think it actually makes it a little bit. Uh, more challenging to make sure you're tracking your hardware assets properly if, if people are all out of the office all the time. I think there's a communications challenge as well for a lot of these companies now. When we get back to what normal looks like in the future, people will have seen that you know they can they, they pedal like fury to get people working from home. You know, are people are they, those employees going to have an expectation that that's what delivery of service is going to look like in the future? You know, the, the, you know, we can click my fingers at a moment's notice. I can get a new device. I can get on Zoom. I can get on whatever else to enable me to work. Are we going to go back to that yeah. sort of scenario where it's a one to two to three week lead time to uh, to request IT assets? You might might even see a greater swing towards bring your own device as well. I mean, obviously, it's something that some organisations are embracing, but where you're suddenly getting lots of people having to buy devices. I mean, there, there was a thing on the register about, um, I think it was uh, Dixon's car phone, we're talking about the huge upswing in, in device selling going on at the moment. I think Danny mentioned it earlier as well. Um, and where, 
people are now buying more devices and, and using the bring your own device policy, is that going to become more of an expectation? So are, are we going to see businesses shift more towards actually let's stop buying our own devices and, and securely deliver services to allow people to, to use their own? Yeah, I think that's going to be a big uptake as well. I think there's going to be um, a big cleanup operation as well. Whenever we go back into, I say normal, but what is normal going to be after this? And how long is, is that going to take to achieve? But if we go back to, you know, being office-based, etc., all of the licenses that we've we've purchased to cover homework and all of the assets we purchased, it's going to need ITAM to help manage that, help support that. Budgeting for next year is going to be interesting as well. If you've overspent on more licenses or hardware, how is that going to reflect next year? Um, I think um, someone mentioned about the, the market crash. Was it 2008 or whenever it was? Um, how there was a big surge for ITAM to help with cost reduction. I think we could see something similar with that um, post-coronavirus as well. There's another thing to take here is I already have a COVID-19 cost line um as part of sam um, so basically anything where we were budgeting say twenty thousand pound previously for some software licenses and now we're having to pay forty thousand pound a due to the uh, pound being so weak at the moment or due to us having to buy them in order so that people working from home then we're putting down the extra twenty thousand pounds for exceptionals uh, which goes beneath the line when you're financially reporting into um city um so you know you'll find that a lot of companies and organizations are doing that or should be doing that and casting this is an exceptional cost you know this isn't something that's going to come around every year this is something that happens once in our lifetime um so you'll see a lot of that at which point this will all be money that's just written off and just comes out of the p l the bottom line and then next year we'll just be starting afresh with the normal um operating costs that you would have had normally. So I don't know whether there'll be a massive cost-cutting exercise because of those types of things that a lot of businesses land are doing. I think it'll affect more the smaller organizations, but especially enterprise organizations, will just this will all be written down. Um, the other thing that we've also ended up doing is all of our vendors are now being monitored uh, for financial health and financial uh, and, and to monitor how they're actually going to report in P&L in the future. And that comes down again to auditing. Uh, you know, if we find out that IBM make a fifteen billion pound dollar loss, then can we see an uptick from auditing from them, et cetera, et cetera? Those types of things. You know, which one of these vendors are going to go to the wall? Because it looks like they're going to go to the wall. They may be being all nice with coronavirus at the moment, but they're not going to be if they need to get that money in in order to actually stop them going to the wall. Yeah. So there's those those two types of things that and sometimes that we've got to look at. Microfocus was struggling before this, so what they're going to be like now? Exactly. At which point, how aggressive are they going to be? You know, and they wouldn't care if your company's struggling. You know, it's it's their company's survival or your company's survival, and what one's going to come first? Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Martin. Thanks. Everyone. Cheers, guys. Stay Cheers, safe, everyone. everyone. Stay Stay safe. Safe. See you later, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. Wash your hands. Love <laughs> 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 <laughs>